Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. God spoke to Abraham and told him to do something. Abraham did it. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. God told Abraham then what he would do for him, but the only instruction to Abraham really was get out of your country, your, from your kindred, and from your father's house. That's not a small matter to do. That's sort of like come out of that church where idolatry is being practiced. It's a hard thing to do. Don't underestimate how difficult this is. Abraham had a wife. His brother's son, his brother was dead, but his brother's son also went with him. His brother's son's name is Lot. To leave everything you know, to go into a place where you don't even know where you're going, that's what Abraham was facing. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's land, uh, father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He did what God told him to do. That is all that is required of us, to do what God has told us to do. Where God says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed, I always feel like we who belong to God are a blessing to anyone we come in contact with. And if they do right by us, I especially think they are blessed. Genesis 6. God is going to reveal himself to Noah. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now God's going to instruct Noah, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. And God gave Noah specific instructions on how big to make the ark, exact instructions, and what to do about it. And Noah did everything God told him to do. Verse 22, 
Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And this is our role. It's exactly like Abraham and Noah, or I should say Noah and Abraham, to get it in the right order. It's exactly like that. You don't do anything until God speaks to you. Of course, you follow scripture. But you don't really do anything until God shows you to do it. And then, after God speaks, you have to believe it is God. And then, the minute you believe it's God, you act upon it. That is the essence of faith. Believing when God speaks to you, believing it is God. I've always loved the subject of faith. And yet faith is extremely simple. You're just going along, doing whatever it is you do, and all of a sudden, God speaks to you by His Spirit, bringing something to your attention. You can evaluate it whether it or not it's God by a few simple things. Is it easy to be entreated? Usually God speaks to us in a very gentle voice by the Holy Spirit. It's simply simple to do, not terribly complex, easy to be entreated. Those are some of the primary characteristics of the ideas that come from God. I'm going to challenge each of us at this point in time. What was the last word I heard from God? What's the last thing God revealed to you personally? Think about that. Could be a scripture, it could be a dream, or it could be a concept. What was the last thing, the last word I've heard from God? And then, consider, did I do that word? Am I still doing that word? If you continue in his word, then are you his disciples indeed. If you continue, that means do it and keep on doing it. But you really have to consider, what is the last thing God has said to me? You'll be reading the Bible, and it's like a scripture jumps out at you. That is God trying to deliver a message to you personally. So stop and take that scripture. Eat and drink that scripture. Draw every drop of blood out of that scripture that you can because it is a special message to you from God. It is so exciting when that happens. You can take a dictionary and look up words. And consider what those words mean. Pray over that scripture. Ask God to help you to do that scripture in your life. That's a starting point with the subject of faith. What is the last thing the Holy Spirit spoke to me? I frequently examine myself that way. What is the last thing I heard from God? We may have heard several things from God without knowing it. But some of those things we know, it's God speaking. In the book of James, we see a lot about faith. In chapter 2, James says, 
Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. There's one place here where he says, So you say you have faith in God? Even the devils say that and tremble. What are your works? If somebody came in your house and said, Hey, your house is on fire. I saw it when I was driving down the street. If you just sit there and do nothing, you don't believe that word. Definitely there is an action attached to faith. If you believe the word, you do the word. If you really believe the word, you do the word. In verse 20 of James chapter 2, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? The first part of faith is hearing from God. If you just try to make up a bunch of works that you're going to do, as some church groups do, and you're going to go out and visit the sick, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, that's just not attached to faith. Faith is hearing first from God to do the work. And then you do the work, and that's the action that makes faith alive. One time a woman came to me. She'd been kind of watching what I was doing. And she said, don't you ever feel that you have to keep up with the Joneses? And I said, no, I really don't believe I do. I just try to follow the scriptures that are given to me by the Spirit of God. And she was rather amazed. I think that following the scriptures is pretty much what all Christians want to do and try to do. For the scriptures show us the way of life when we choose them. Matthew chapter 7. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. One of the greatest problems is this, trusting God. I just have this inner feeling and inner knowledge that you have to trust God. You absolutely cannot go any other way. He is the one who knows what's best for me. He knows the future. He knows exactly what he wants to do with me. To get where God wants you, trusting God is the only way I would know how to do it. You have to trust God and do what he says. He started teaching me this in approximately 1976. At that time, I owned a business in Dallas, American Indian Arts. 
and through a set of strange circumstances, a woman took me to court. She was probably about 25 years old, and I think the basis of the court thing was that she thought she could had a way to get a lot of money from me. I didn't have a lot of money, but she didn't know that. Most people who own businesses have money. Anyway, she took me to court, and before we got to court, I heard these words, don't testify. I don't know exactly how I could have believed that was from God. Perhaps I had a spiritual gift of faith on it or something, but I definitely believed it was God. So I told my lawyer, you may not want to represent me, but I can't testify in this court trial. He said, no, I think we'll win the trial even without your testimony because we have the witness of Flo, who was a woman who worked for me. She saw the whole situation, and I believe with her testimony, we'll win the trial. But Flo was very angry with me when she found out I wasn't going to testify because she said, now all the pressure is upon me. I said to Flo, well, I'm terribly sorry, but I believe God is the one who's told me don't testify and I just can't do it. The man I was dating at the time said to me, hey, you're not doing this girl any favor by not testifying. And I said, well, I'm not trying to do her any favor. I, I'm simply trying to obey what I believe God has said to me. Everybody on my own side of the fence was mad at me. When we got into the court trial, my lawyer said to me, Flo's testimony didn't go as well as I thought it would, but if you would testify, we will win this case. I told him, I said, well, I'll see. It was a court recess. I went into the ladies' room and started praying, God, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. Now, this is not an audible voice. This is like it's brought up from the Holy Spirit to your mind in the form of a thought. Don't testify. Three times I've heard this word, don't testify. Because it didn't matter to me which one I did. It mattered to me what God wanted me to do because I knew that was going to turn out best for me if I went the way God wanted. The judge ordered us to present a receipt on this purchase this woman had made. I was the one who sold the item, and I am so bad at paperwork. I thought, this is hopeless. We went back to my shop, the man I was dating, and the women who worked for me, and one of the husbands of one of the women who worked for me, and everybody was hunting this receipt, and I was beside myself. Finally, Bob, the man I was dating at the time, said, Joan, go home. You're doing no good being here. We'll hunt this. So I did. I went home, let them hunt it. They did find it. it. I had stuffed it in a piece of black pottery. I just couldn't believe that. Anyway, when we presented the receipt to the judge, he said, our case dismissed. He said, you're not guilty of anything. So we won the case.
Along the way, though, it was difficult, and I even said to God once, I hope you know what you are doing. We are going to lose this case. It looked like we were going to lose the case. But we did not lose the case. When God is in charge, it's going to work out for good. Even if it looks like it works out for bad, it's still going to work out for good. Let's look for a moment at Isaiah chapter 55. Start at verse 8. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. See, the word prospers into the way that God sent it. It may not prosper in the way you want it to go, but it prospers in the way he sent it. One time he said to me, the foundation is now laid. Now we are really going to move. Back when I was on radio. My meetings had been getting bigger and bigger and bigger when I went to the different cities where I was on radio and had meetings for the radio audience. Now we're really going to move. Well, I pictured that a totally different way than it turned out. I thought, oh boy, now it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger groups of people. That is not what happened. Shortly after that, God said to me, the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. The Holy Spirit kept speaking that to me over and over throughout one entire day. I didn't know what that meant. Then God showed me sins that were being committed in with some of the big-time ministers. And I had to try to get a message to those ministers. And when I couldn't get a message to them, because their people that took their mail were intercepting it and throwing it away, and I knew it didn't reach them. When I could not get the message to them, I had to get on my own radio broadcast and name them by name and tell what they had done. Hate mail just poured in to our office. It got really bad. I'm absolutely sure I did what God wanted done. His ways are higher than our ways. He sustained me through the situation, but it was a very, very difficult time in my life. For I was persecuted strongly by the church. God says, it will prosper into the way that I sent it. Now later, I believe, you do this next part, which is, for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And I am. 
I continually am led forth with joy and peace. Then in verse 13 of Isaiah 55, I particularly love this verse of Scripture. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. When we go out there in our own works and in our own way, we bring up thorns and thistles. But instead of the thorn will come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. When we go in the way of God, when we do what he says, even if it looks bad at the time, if it's of God, it's going to work on our behalf. Even if it kills us, even if they kill us, it's just this life. It's not the next life, which really matters. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. When I see famous persons who've died, I usually think, now what? Now what? You were praised so much on this earth by humans, and you attained such heights in the sight of man, and now you're dead. What now? The only thing that really matters is doing what God says, even if it's unto your own death. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness unto men, and he followed God even to the death on a cross. No name is as high as the name of Jesus. He didn't make himself into a big name on this earth. People hated him and despised him. Now, some people loved him. But for the most part, he was pretty strongly persecuted, and even unto death on a cross. Paul was persecuted. Peter was persecuted. John was persecuted. Everyone who tries to do the right thing, who does the word of God, will suffer persecution. Somebody will persecute you when you try to do the word of God. And usually it's somebody from your own household. That's what Jesus said. Your foes will be they of your own household. But you must decide it's the word of God. And when you decide that, you go in that way no matter what. That's what we do. And where it really matters... Sometimes we're rewarded on this earth. Sometimes we are killed. But what then? What then? For all eternity, there is no more time when you get into eternity. No more time. It's, we can't even imagine it. We live on clocks so much that we can't imagine the time when there's no time. For all eternity. That's what we're talking about is eternal life. For all eternity. Doing the word of God. The word of God comes by dreams. The word of God also comes by just concepts. The Holy Spirit brings 
thoughts to our mind to show us. For example, I fell in nineteen, uh, in twenty um, nineteen eighteen. I fell in twenty eighteen in, at the house I was living in in Texas. I lived alone. There was no one to help me. I was about six feet from the telephone. I broke a hip and a wrist. It was terrible. I began trying to inch my way to the area where the phone is, hoping to pull the phone off with the cord that was hanging down from the table. It took me four and a half hours to get to the phone, and I don't believe I could have ever gotten there except for one thing. A thought came to my mind from the Holy Spirit as I was trying to crawl. You can do this. You can do this. Because of that thought, I kept crawling. As they were removing me from my house, another thought came from the Holy Spirit. You'll never see this house again. As soon as I was released from the rehab hospitals, which was two and a half months after surgery, I moved to Colorado Springs to the home of Pam Paget, who took me in and took my cat in, and we're still living at her house. The Holy Spirit shows us things to come. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit shows us things like, you can do this when we can do it gives us that encouragement of what to do, of the way to go, of to keep trying. For I would have never, ever kept trying if I hadn't heard from the Holy Spirit. In my condition on that floor, I could only move about a quarter of an inch without passing out. So it took four and a half hours to crawl about five feet. But I heard from God. And that made all the difference. That always makes all the difference. At all time. And that's what faith is about. Hearing from God and doing what he says. And when we do that, no matter what it looks like, we have everything. Every one of these scriptures that I have spoken today will be recorded on our blog in writing. Jesus Ministries Exhortations, you can go to our blog on the right-hand side of the homepage on podcast, tap on that. You can bring up this broadcast, which is When We Believe We Act, and you will see every scripture. The blog's name, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.